How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me, as usual, is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling, and if this is your first time checking us out, you know that we cover topics that maybe other podcasts or YouTube shows don't. And uh, this week, we are going to be doing another one of our move breakdowns, or as we have uh, affectionately dubbed it, the down and dirty move breakdown. And uh, basically, what we do here is we take one maneuver and we put all of the variations of said maneuver into brackets and then have a tournament of sorts where Leonard and I vote on which one we think should be the winner of said bracket and it goes on until the finals and we declare the ultimate version of that move and I'm excited for this week not just because I chose it but we are doing power bombs so it should be a lot of fun and this week, Leonard, I hadn't gotten a chance to tell you this, but I figured if we differ on one, we'll just uh, use our trusty random generator website to quickly determine who should move on. That way, nobody can get angry. What do you That'd think? Be that will be fine. That's a great way to do it. All right. So let's get moving with the first bracket. Now, what do we have here, Leonard? We have, I believe, uh, 16? 16. We usually try to do 16 if we can. So there's going to be several versions of the power bomb not represented here, right. of course. And if we don't talk about one that you like, feel free to mention it in the comments. Right. Uh, and I would also like to mention I'm dress drinking out of our, our WrestleFest glass tonight. Yep, I have, I have mine as well. Uh, that's from... Uh... Skeeter's Glassware, and please check out his website. I don't know how much longer he's going to be doing it. Uh, and unfortunately, in the uh, craft glassware game, people get in and out. Uh, it's at a rather rapid pace. Uh, I like a lot of his work, and uh, you know, definitely check out his website if you get a chance. And uh, I guess we should go over some a little bit of background. We can. And while you look that up, I will say tonight I'm drinking uh, orange juice and pineapple rum, uh, which is uh, called a hex key. Nice. Nice. I just made that up. <laughs> okay. Well. Because because vodka and orange juice is a screwdriver, so I named a different type of screwdriver. There you go. And I explained the joke, and now it's just, it's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We appreciate the effort. Um, so we are doing power bombs, as I said. Yes. And this is a professional wrestling maneuver in which an opponent is lifted usually so that they are sitting on the wrestler's shoulders and then slam back first down to the mat. The standard powerbomb sees an opponent first placed in a standing head scissors position, bent forward with their knee, with their head placed between the attackers, the attacking wrestler's thighs. The opponent is then lifted on the wrestler's shoulders and slammed down back first onto the mat. A prawn hold is commonly used for a pinning power bomb uh, power bombs are sometimes used in mixed martial arts competitions uh, when a fighter attempts to slam another fighter who has him trapped in a triangle choke um, and in professional professional wrestling it's also obviously used by a bigger wrestler as a counter to an attempted hurricane rana by a smaller wrestler while it was associated with the super heavyweight wrestlers the move was invented by lou fez so on that note Leonard, why don't you get to our first bracket of power? Sure. 
So bracket one, and bracket one is usually the basic versions of the moves when we talk about them. So we have the Ganzo Bomb, also known as the Kawada Driver or Hollow Point, which is the original version created by the as mentioned. The Release or Jackknife Power Bomb, the Elevated Power Bomb or Last Ride, and uh, the Sit-Out Power Bomb or Alpha Bomb as well. So the Ganzo Bomb, which is the original version, as we said, is very dangerous and you don't see that often here in the united states that's usually uh done in japan and instead of dropping the opponent flat on their back you kind of let them fall forward in almost a, a, a pile driver position and then drop them on the back of their head and the back of their neck that's that's very dangerous it's very nasty looking uh toshiaki kawada well, is, is very known for using that in, in Japan. And it kind of surprised me that Luth has invented that. I, I thought the powerbomb was was a newer maneuver uh, because here in the U.S., people didn't start using the powerbomb until about the early 90s. Guys like Sid, Vader, Diesel uh, started to use that. And uh, their version is uh, the release or jackknife powerbomb. This is a, a version where you pick the guy up as Chad explained, and then you drop them or slam them down uh, to the mat so they land flat on their back. I, I found it interesting. I was watching uh, like uh, some clips of things and with Sid, it was like Sid throughout the years doing power bombs. And he started out his career doing the sit out power bomb. And then he started kind of going down the one knee and then he just started releasing it. Right. But as he got older and possibly lazier in the ring, uh, I mean, the sit-out power bomb, which I mentioned, that's what a lot of people, I think, especially in the U.S., consider to be the standard version of the power bomb. That is where you are going down with your opponent as you slam them on their back. A lot of different guys use this version, particularly a lot of, of, of smaller guys. We mentioned the power bomb is considered to be a power man move, but a lot of smaller guys seem to use the sit-out version, and, and some of the different versions we're going to talk about. The release version is really the big guy move. And then, of course, the elevated power bomb is most closely associated with last uh, with Undertaker as the last ride. I really can't think of anyone else who does that particular version, at least on a regular basis. And here, Taker would not only get them up into that position that we talked about, the up position, but would lift them up to his face or even up over his head, kind of depends on how big the guy was, and would then slam them down from there. It always looked really cool when Taker did it because he's so tall, you're getting a lot of height on it. And with some smaller guys, he could really get them up there. There's, uh, I watched a compilation of him doing the last rides. There's one he does on little Guido slash Nunzio, which is insane because he just yeah. holds them up there for like a whole day and walks around the ring with them. And then there's one he does on Jeff Hardy off of the entrance stage. There's one he does off edge off a ladder through two tables. So uh, a very impressive move connected to one guy. And we've done that before where we've talked about a certain move. It always seems to be the Undertaker's move. Right. And by doing that, it kind of, to me, points out that I don't think a lot of people would call the Undertaker a, a creative, innovative, offensive wrestler. But he has a lot of moves that are very specific to him, at least ones that other people don't do on a regular basis. He was underrated in adapting his style as his character yeah. also changed throughout the years. When he went to the 
biker character, he adapted his style to more of an MMA influence, which is what he was into at the time. And uh, yeah, The Last Ride is a, you know, a perfect name for his character at the time, as far as the move goes. Um, so yeah, but uh, so Leonard, what is your choice here? Well, I am very tied between the sit-out version and the release version. The elevated version, I think, is too tied to Undertaker to move on. The Ganza bomb is too dangerous. I wouldn't want that to move on. So between those two, I'm really, really tied. I think I would give the slight edge to the release version because that's the version that um, I think I first became familiar with, with Sid, with Vader, with Diesel. It's the one that the big guys do. It looks impressive. Um, I give it a slight, a slight edge. All right. Well, so the release slash jackknife powerbomb, and they're kind of associated together. You really can't find, like, they when you look it up on Wikipedia, they will talk about how Kevin Nash called his move the jackknife powerbomb, but it's really a release powerbomb. The two are different, but if you look up the difference between the two, you're not going to find, like, a, a jackknife Power. Yeah, Jackknife more he kind of released the person out to the side as right. opposed to right in front of him. And because of that side lift, the person would kind of torque up a little almost, you know, named for Diesel was a I'm not even sure if Diesel was supposed to be a truck driver or the embodiment of just a Mack truck, like a living truck. I am I I assumed it was the latter, but yeah. You know, then again, I wasn't in the creative room. Yeah, so a semi, when it, when the cab and the trailer, you know, kind of, 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 of they turn there at the uh, junction, and I know I'm probably not using the right words, uh, that's called a jackknife. So when right. Diesel gets the guy up and they're kind of bent, that's similar to a jackknife. That's where I'm guessing the, the name came from, jackknife. Well, and uh, let me just give a couple thoughts here on the other ones. So, well, the, let, let's start with the jackknife. So I'm actually never been a big fan of the jackknife powerbomb because, and you had talked about how the gonzo bomb looks dangerous and is dangerous if you don't do it correctly, which is absolutely true. In my opinion, the release powerbomb has always been one of the most dangerous moves in wrestling because, and we alluded to it with Sid being lazy, Kevin Nash certainly fits into this category at certain points of his career. They did it, in my opinion, in a very lazy way, in ways that looked like it was legitimately hurting guys because they would just let them go. And I mean, my gosh, the the clip of Kevin Nash trying to powerbomb the giant back in WCW is, you know, legendary among wrestling fans because he doesn't do it. He just drops him on his head. <laughs> like, which I guess maybe you can't say Kevin Nash is trying to do a gonzo bomb because it's not what he was trying to do. He was trying to do a legit power bomb and he wasn't doing it. So I've always never, I've never been a big fan of, of that one for that reason. Uh, the elevated power bomb, the last ride, I've always liked it a lot. The undertaker makes it look so great when he does it. And the only reason I wouldn't be voting for it here is because if I'm really getting down to details the last ride has always been really easy to counter like when the when the guy gets lifted up it's so easy for him to kind of wiggle his way out or you know go Top back over. to the sunset flip 
or yeah. something. So if I'm really carping over details, because I love the move, I think it's great. Uh, the sit out power bomb is your basic version of the move. And this is going to be a case, at least in my book, where a basic version of a said maneuver might not be going as far as we want it to, because, you know, the regular power bomb we see all the time now. I mean, right now, Wardlow in uh, AEW does like four or five regular power bombs on a guy before he pins them, um, because it's just it's something you see a lot now. Um, personally, I have to go with the Gonzo bomb here. It is dangerous. I will say that I'm voting for it here, not because of its dangerous factor, but because the guys in Japan, specifically Kawada, Misawa, Kobashi, they are the ones that really made me notice how devastating a variation of a power bomb can be because they were so inventive with, with it. And we're going to talk about more of those guys as we go along here. But they were so inventive with it and made it look so devastating when they did it. Um, so that's why I got to vote for it here. Now, Leonard voted for the release. So yeah. as we've been yeah. talking, I have already put it into the name generator. Yes. And I am going to pick one here. And Leonard, Gonzo Bomb came up this time. That's fine. <laughs> so so Gonzo Bomb will be moving on in this case. Okay. And we will have to see if the uh, – see, I, I chose this idea, Leonard, because I knew we'd be disagreeing more often this time. I got okay. Just, I had, just had that feeling. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. All right. So let us move on to bracket, bracket number two here. Uh, we're starting out with the crucifix power bomb, which is pretty self-explanatory. If you're picturing a razor's edge, um, you know, it could be anywhere from a razor's edge itself, or it could be a razor's edge that kind of gets moved into a regular power bomb, but starts out like from the crucifix uh, position. The double underhook power bomb is something that you'll see in AEW a lot lately. Uh, it's also been famously known as a tiger driver. I don't know anybody that really calls it a double underhook power bomb anymore um, because the tiger. Well, we're using a lot. Yeah, a lot of basic names to kind of so people. Yeah. Have the idea of what it looks like. Yeah, because you and kind of, of have course, to you have to dumb it down because yeah. you know, even if it's known after one guy in this case Tiger Mask. Um, it, it, you kind of have to explain it in, in that way. Yeah, and um, and of course, I I associate it with Ahmed Johnson. Yes, the pro, the pro one. Yes, for better or worse, we yes. associate it with Ahmed Johnson, who, you know, gosh, history. The more it, the longer it goes, where he's been out of the business, and you listen to anything about him, it history has not been kind. To no. <laughs> um. Anyway. The next one is a gut wrench power bomb. Uh, you might also see it called the doctor bomb. Yeah, the gut wrench power bomb. You, you see a couple of different variations of that. Uh, Dr. Dusty Williams did it called the doctor bomb. Jack Swagger did a sit uh, a falling variation called the swagger bomb. And Kenny Omega apparently uses one called the Dr. Willie bomb, which, you know, I've seen most of Kenny Omega's matches in AEW and I don't remember ever them using that term, but um, in any event, uh, those are different names. You might see it. And then there's the straight jacket power bomb, which is basically you have your arms, have the other opponent's arms crossed underneath them. 
as if it were a straight jacket, and then you kind of flip them up into a regular power bomb. That, that again, is not something that you'll see a lot of, uh, but it, it has been used before, and it's been called a pyramid driver. Super Crazy did it called a uh, crazy bomb, and uh, Cesaro apparently has used it as well, um, although I don't think he had a name for it. So, Leonard, why don't you tell me which one you're leaning towards here as you give your thoughts? Okay, well, not about the straight jacket power bomb because I think that's too complicated and set up. I watched again I one I wasn't too familiar with. I watched some videos and it just seemed really complicated and convoluted to set up. Um, the the double underhook and the gut wrench are very similar. It's just the setup is different. Instead of taking right. the guy from straight between your between the legs, you're doing it as a butterfly or you're doing it as a gut wrench. And I love Dr. Death, Steve Williams's version of, of that. Uh, doc, Dr. Death is, again, another underrated guy, I think. Oh, absolutely. Because, uh, if you watch his Japanese stuff, especially, but then if you watch the WCW stuff, he, he, he had very good matches there. I think it's the WWE version of Dr. Death that, you know. Which, unfortunately, is the one that a lot of people probably have in their head. Right, um, right, and right. It's just, you know, he kind of got... You know, as we get off on a tangent here, he kind of got shafted when the um, the UWF brawl moved to the WCW territory when that got bought out, and then when he went to WWF, uh, you know, everybody wanted back when uh, you know Mid South got sold. Everybody wanted to see Flair and Doctor Death. Well, a lot of people anyway, um, and that didn't happen. Um, at least not in the way that everybody was hoping it would. And then in WWF, you know, it was just he was past his prime. But uh, yeah, definitely underrated. Absolutely check out his stuff. So. Yeah. So my favorite in this bracket would be the Crucifix Powerbomb. Again, I'm most familiar with the Razor's Edge version of that, also known as the Outsider's Edge or the Diamond Death Drop. Um, much like the last ride, different guys use this move, but we pretty much associate it with one guy. I know uh, Seamus also uses this, I believe, the Celtic Cross. Isn't that what Seamus calls it, I think? Yep. Uh, but there's something just the way, especially the hall would hit it. And when other guys did it, it just didn't quite hit the same. But still, I think it looks very cool. It's a very interesting variation on the standard version because everything is about the same aside from that, that middle portion. Instead of just going straight up, as you're going up on the guy's back in the crucifix position. It just looks really cool. So my vote here would be the crucifix powerbomb. Yeah, you know, this one was close for me between the Tiger Driver and uh, the Crucifix Powerbomb. But I I'm going to go with you here, Leonard, with the Crucifix Powerbomb. And I'll say that you mentioned how it kind of hit different with, uh, um, excuse me, Scott Hall, uh, Razor Ramon. And I think the same could be said about the DDT with Jake Roberts versus mm -hmm. anybody else who has done it since. And, I, you know, it was because they knew psychology just a little bit better. And, you know, Scott Hall was patient with how he put on the move and then really emphasized the landing whereas now wrestling has evolved into a more faster paced sports entertainment affair so when guys do it now it's just faster there's not really an emphasis on how long it took to get that move set up or to get the opponent uh you know broken down to put it on so uh but yeah I, the tiger driver though is great um, you know, different variations of the Tiger Driver out there, too, if you really want to get into those details. Uh, you know, it always gets a reaction when somebody does the Tiger Driver in a uh, really 
uh, prominent way. Um, it's just, it's one of those movies that looks really cool. But uh, yeah, if we're including the act of the razor's edge with the crucifix powerbomb itself, which to me are two slight differences on the same thing, um, I would have to go with crucifix powerbomb here. So, okay. So moving on to bracket, bracket three. three. So bracket three, we have the sunset flip powerbomb, uh, which I believe is the same thing as a Canadian destroyer, correct? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I guess, I get, well, yes and no. I mean, the Canadian destroyer to me is more used as like a pile driver type maneuver. Mm -hmm. And then this, the sunset powerbomb, at least the picture you see on Wikipedia is when you have a guys on the ropes on the turnbuckle Mm -hmm. And a guy does a sunset flip around the opponent and power bombs him simply because he's higher up on the turnbuckle. Um, the, the picture you see would be of uh, Daniel Bryan doing it to Triple H at WrestleMania 30. Mm -hmm. uh, so similar but different. Yes. And then uh, the super power bomb, uh, which is, again, just a power bomb off the top rope. Mike Awesome does a great super power bomb. Yes, well said. Yeah, and um, the suplex power bomb, also known as the Orange Crush, done by Kenta Kibashi. <laughs> so this is one where you're getting a guy up into a vertical suplex position, and then from that, you pull him down into the power bomb. Um, and you know what I was, I was thinking of? You know who should have used a suplex powerbomb is Davy Boy Smith. Is who? Davy Boy Smith should have used that. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if that was in, in popular use when he was wrestling. He but he it. had an awesome delay suplex. He could just stand there all day with a guy. And if he would do that and then pull him down to a powerbomb, I think the first time he did it, the place would have went bananas. Yeah. Or banana as uh, – uh, um, Pat Patterson likes to say. And then our final in this bracket is the Fireman's Carry Power Bomb, also known as the Darkness Falls, which is basically you got a guy up on your shoulders in a Fireman's Carry, and then you swing them out and down into the Power Bomb. So, Chad, your pick here. So, yeah, this is a, a category of oddities. And I have to tell you, if you've not seen a suplex Power Bomb, it might sound very simplistic, but if you look up Kenta Kobashi's Orange Crush, let me tell you, like there's a clip out there of him doing the move for the first time. And Japanese crowds are famously not very loud, but they reacted when they saw that move for the first time. And it just looks devastating. And thinking about how to do it, you have a guy up in a suplex and you then have to maneuver their body so that they can become into a powerbomb position. Um, like I said, the guys over in Japan, they were inventive with this kind of stuff. They used power bomb variations all the time. Um, so that is a definitely definite good version of the move for me. The super power bomb is very basic. You see it every now and then. It, it's it's used as a as a big spot in a match. Very rarely a finisher, and unless it's going through a table or something like that. You know the uh, you know the Dudley Boys. You know you would see them kind of do a version of that. Uh, the sunset flip power bomb is almost used as a counter maneuver more than it is, you know, a, a finisher of any sort. You might see, you'll see a pinfall, but it's usually a close call. Um, the fireman's carry power bomb is one of those that's like the suplex power bomb is hard to put on. You don't, you only see a few people do a fireman's carry power bomb. It's, it's not easy to do. And if you do it wrong, it looks awkward. 
Um, so by default here, I have to go with the suplex power bomb, the orange crush, simply because looking at that clip today, a lot of these moves, I knew what they were. I knew what they looked like, but looking at that clip today, because I had not remembered him doing it, uh, Kenta Kobashi, that is. And when I saw it, you know, to me, it was just, you know, that that'll get the attention of the audience. So I have to go with that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Scott Steiner is another guy that could have done a suplex powerball. Absolutely. Nice. And, you know, Bobby Lashley has a ton of finishing moves, so he doesn't need it. But there's another guy that has a delayed standing suplex. Right. Uh, anyone that, that has to pull it off. Anyone that has a good standing delay suplex, I think, could do that move. Yeah, I mean, these are sort of kind of oddities. When I think about the Sunset Flip powerbomb as a Canadian destroyer, I'm a little more on that. But as you said, there's a bit of a difference there. So, um, again, the super power bomb is just doing it off the top rope. But, again, find clips of Mike Awesome doing it. It is awesome. Yeah. Um, the So this, to me, comes down between the fireman's carry and the suplex. And I'll go with you and the suplex powerbomb because I do think it looks amazing. I think that might be a little easier to set up and for more guys to do as opposed to the fireman's carry, which, again, has a little bit of convolutedness to it. I think it's easier to do it out of the suplex position and out of the fireman's carry position. And with the fireman's carry one, I feel like you might see a lot more of the smaller guys trying to do something like that Mm -hmm. because maybe maybe they might just be a little bit more flexible and – able to get that around uh, right 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 they can they can kind of get more of the swing on it because of the agility so let's move on to bracket four we start out with the buckle bomb the uh infamous controversial buckle bomb which you will you'll see a few people in AEW do it but famously it's used by seth rollins and uh he still uses the move uh to this day and it is basically you know, basically almost like a throwing power bomb into a turnbuckle. Um, you'll see him and other people do it where they throw the person into like the guardrails as well. Um, but that's basically, it's basically the same thing. It's called a buckle bomb though. Um, the spin out power bomb, also known as the blue thunder driver, the spin out power bomb. Um, you'll see this is like a belly to back power bomb, usually beginning in the back suplex position in which the wrestler stands behind their opponent and puts their head under the arm of the opponent. Then they lift the opponent up using one arm around the waist of the opponent and the other around their legs. Uh, the wrestler then spins the opponent around 180 degrees, dropping them to the mat back first as they drop to a sitting position. This move was invented by Yun Akiyama. And it's used by Sami Zayn uh, a lot. And uh, Apollo Crews uses a toss variation of this move. And they even list on Wikipedia that John Cena does a kneeling variation of this move. And nothing against John Cena. But to me, like, if you're going to look at somebody who does this move well, it's not going to be John Cena. Um, So that is is the spin-out powerbomb. Then you have the pop-up power bomb the move begins with the opponent rushing towards the attacker who then flings the opponent vertically up into the air the move is finished by catching the opponent and performing a power bomb and you obviously see this used by kevin owens all the time these days uh scott steiner also used it but uh kevin owens does it a lot it's not his finisher anymore he obviously uses a stunner now but uh there you have it um the inverted power bomb is basically 
the person kind of starts out in the reverse. Like they are, you might grab them by the stomach and kind of flip them up onto their back and then whip them back down um, onto their stomach as opposed to their back. And you used to see uh, Ron Simmons do this sometimes. It was called the Dominator. He didn't use the move nearly as much as I would have preferred back then. I always thought it looked really cool, this move, if I'm being honest. But, you know, the guys that had this move, for whatever reason, they you didn't see it used all the time. Uh, but that is that bracket. So, Leonard, which way are you leaning? Well, you know, also Bobby Lashley uses a Dominator along yes. with the 87,000 moves that he has. I always thought it was more like an inverted power slam, but I watched videos of Simmons do it. And it does look more like a, a power, an inverted power bomb. The way he sets it up and the way he puts the guy down feels more like an inverted power bomb. I think it looks really cool. I would agree with that. Um, the other three are just kind of odd variations. Um, the buckle bomb, I've heard, is also another dangerous one because it's very easy to hurt the back of your head or your neck uh, because you don't really have any control how the guy's throwing you. Uh, the blue thunder driver. Uh, the spin-out one, I really like the way Sami Zayn does it. I think it's a very cool thing. Again, that's another one that I think could be convoluted, but especially the way Sami does it, there's so much flow to it that it's it looks good. It looks good the way he does it. Uh, the pop-up one is, is again, I think that's one, you know, Kevin Owens seems to do it 87,000 times in every match. Yeah. And and um, I kind of like, and I think it kind of loses. And that's kind of a lazy man's powerbomb, too, if you think about it. Because it's basically the guy just jumping into you and you just kind of tossing them down. When so, you did it in NXT, it looked really cool because yeah. you hadn't seen it that often. And like <laughs> he would actually hit the move in NXT. Now, whenever you see him try that move, somebody inevitably just counters it. Like So you'll hardly yeah. ever see him successfully do it. And when he's facing a guy bigger than him, it's really hard to make that move look realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you could argue me a different way, but I'm going to I'm going to go with the with the Dominator because uh, I think, as you said, I think it looks cool when done well. It's something guys like Simmons and Lashley should should use more. And I like the idea that it is a power bomb, but it's just the reverse of it. It's just doing it in a different manner in a different way. So I'm going to go Dominator. Yeah, I'll agree with you here. Um, I'll go with the inverted power bomb as well. And uh, you know, as much as I would like to use the spin out power bomb, the blue thunder driver, like I could, I could go with a lot of the Japanese invented variations of the power bomb here. Um, um, and you know, again, Yun Akiyama, a lot of great stuff out there if you want to check his matches out. Uh, that is, again, it's a close second for me, but I just think that the the Dominator is underutilized. And you see it used by Blashley and, you know, going back, Ron Simmons. But I really think that that move can look powerful and look really devastating when used uh, by the proper opponent. So I'll go with that one. And that means we're moving to the semifinals, Leonard. Mm -hmm. And I'm anxious to see which way you lean here, although I guess I could probably guess. So yeah. in our first semifinal match, we have the Gonzo Bomb versus the Crucifix Power Bomb. So. I'm going to go Crucifix. Again, I'm not a big fan of the Ganzo Bomb. I love, especially if we're throwing in the Razor's Edge version, I love the way that looks. Uh, so I'm going Crucifix. All right. Well, and... I see you're typing. For those of you watching on YouTube, you can tell the chat is typing. So he's definitely sticking with the Ganzo Bomb. 
Yes, I, I am going to stick with the with the Gonzo bomb, uh, but it is not the winner. Our random name generator has decided that the crucifix power bomb right. is moving on, and it will move on to the finals. Mm -hmm. So that means that our second semifinal match is the suplex power bomb versus the inverted power bomb. Mm -hmm. So again, you know this is a tough one. If simply by the way the move looks, I would go with the suplex powerbomb because I think it looks a lot more devastating. Um, however, it's more rare to see that move done, and it's harder to do that move than the inverted powerbomb or the dominator. So this is a tough one for me, Leonard. I, I could kind of be swayed either way. You, I usually sway you from time to time. Yes. But I'm going to allow you to try and sway me this time. Because I can well, tell you away. I was hoping you would sway me because I like both of these uh, as well, and I think yeah, both of these aren't ones that you see all the time. I I would I'm going to lean a little more towards the Dominator because it is one that I think is a little more common. Um, I like that it's it's very simple in in its execution. It's again as I said earlier, it's just taking a power bomb and turning the guy upside down, turning him the other way. The suplex powerbomb, why it does look very cool, is not used that often. And you have to have, I think, a very certain guy to do that. Like, like we talked about guys who do use it and guys we thought could use it. The Dominator, yeah, I mean, we talked about certain guys who use it, like Ron Simmons, Bobby Lashley, but a lot of the other guys that we talked about, uh, Vader, Sid, those guys who are considered masters of the powerbomb, which was Sid and uh, Vader's tag team at one point, they could have done a dominator, I think, very easily. I don't think they could have done the suplex version, so I go dominator. I will. Uh, I will agree with you here. Um, like, and just because of the reasons you said, it, it, you just you don't see the suplex power bomb done that often, and it's because if you do it wrong, it could end in disaster. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why you only see people do it who can really be trusted with it. So. Um, as cool as I think the move is, and I would love to see this move brought back in the U.S. at some point, but you just don't see that move done all the time. You don't yeah. see the burning hammer done all the time, which is not a power bomb, but it's a different dangerous move because you have to really trust the opponent to do yeah. the move correctly. Uh, so I'll go with Dominator here as well. And that means in our finals, people might be thinking you have the regular version of some kind, but it's not. I love this tournament because you have the crucifix power bomb versus the inverted power bomb. In our finals, Leonard, which one are you going with here? Wow. I think this is probably one of our strangest finals as far as having two moves so far away from what one they call the couple regular versions of it. I, I, I think you could probably guess I'm going to go with Crucifix Powerbomb over the Inverted Powerbomb. Again, it's one more regularly used. I think it's something that smaller guys could probably do against smaller opponents. Um, not that they couldn't do the dominator, but I don't think it would hit the same way. Uh, and again, if we're using the razor's edge version, that definitely helps to put it over the top for me. Yeah, I agree with you here. Um, to me, just because it would be weird to choose the ultimate version of a move being the inversion of said maneuver <laughs> to me just kind of sounds odd, but the reason I can defend the crucifix power bomb winning here is simply because when somebody gets somebody else up in that position, the entire audience will stand up and take notice. Right. Because that is a very, 
I don't I don't know if extravagant is the right right word, but a very uh, showy way to get somebody up into the air, and almost similar to the last ride when the Undertaker pulled that person up like that. Yeah. Like it was really high up in the air, and so everybody took notice. So when the Razor's Edge was done, or the uh, Celtic Cross, as Seamus now does it, you you always notice it because it can it you know it's always such a devastating looking maneuver, and it is really cool to see when it's done because it's not done all the time, and other guys could do it. Unlike the Suplex Power Bomb, which didn't make it to the finals, a, a lot more guys could do the Crucifix type maneuver. They don't. Only certain guys are associated with it. Uh, which makes it more special, in my opinion. You know, one last thing, too, is I think the Crucifix Powerbomb still has this reputation as being a sure finisher. And a lot of guys use right. it as a finisher. It's not one that gets kicked out of a lot. I think a lot of these others, especially the basic versions, well, except for the Gonzo Bomb, I think set out to release versions. That's the point where eh, people kick out of those. They can be transition moves. But I think the Crucifix Powerbomb still has a special position. Yeah, and uh, one last note before we head out here. I believe it was the was it the Gonzo bomb that uh, Lesnar accidentally did to Hardcore Holly, breaking his neck. Yeah, yes, yes. Which which I don't know if it was a Gonzo bomb. I keep saying Gonzo, it's Ganzo or or, or whatever. The G bomb. I I don't think he did that. I don't think he did it on purpose. I think that's no. just the way it wound up. It just yeah, it's the way it wound up. Um, well, anyway, the ultimate version of our move is the Crucifix Powerbomb. Let us know what you think. If you felt a different decision should have been made here, please let us know in the comments. Check out our other videos, our stupid questions, our random match reviews, and check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. Make sure to go to Skeeter's Glassware. Uh, give him some love before he uh, goes out of business entirely. And for Leonard, my name is Chad, and we will see you next time, and Alexa will see you out.